Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. There are no spoilers for future episodes, but we will be discussing details from previous episodes. I'm Harrison, and I am always fully prepared to hate my friends, exes, new significant others, (laughs) warranted or not. That's not even a joke. That's actually true. I'm fucking ride or die. (laughs) And I'm Jason, and uh, I don't think it's a complete downside to smell like burgers, but not all the time, <laughs> like sometimes. Uh, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? We are watching Buffy Season 6, Episode 15, As You Were. This is the one where Riley returns with his perfectly perfect in every possible way wife, to make Buffy feel like shit about herself. I'm not gonna lie, I went into this episode expecting to hate it. I'm honestly like, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna say that I loved it, but I'm not, I'm not like absolutely hating it. I'm kind of like in the middle on it. I'm in the middle too. I, I came out more positive than I was going in. Um, I have, I have issues with it. But there's a lot of fun stuff, too. Yeah. Um, As You Were was written and directed by Douglas Petrie and originally aired on February 26, 2002. Mm-hmm. Hit it. And that was the Booze and Buffy band. Uh, Jason, who was our special guest artist this week? Oh, it was a nice one. Uh, we had special guest Sir Paul McCartney. Nice. Absolute legend. You may know him from a little band called The Quarrymen. Mm-hmm. They changed their name a, a year or two into it, but um, yeah. Very nice. Very I, nice. We, are in, we are in the presence of genius. If I were more musically savvy, I'd like stitch in some sort of like paul mccartney into the into the actual opening music but to go along with this bit but i'm not and i'm also too lazy to do such a thing so uh and i'm a little worried about copyright infringement (laughs) so um we could be we could be the bad boys we could be the podcast bad boys the bad boys of buffy podcast (laughs) i hear that's what we're already called Hashtag Buffy Bad Boys. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Uh, Jason, we're drinking a little little red today. Yes, we are. Uh, uh, despite the, the sheer number of like bottles on the liquor shelf, it actually is a little bit limited uh, in options. Because most of those are like mixers and uh, um, liqueurs that don't quite mix with the... Vodka. Yeah, you don't have the straight up hooch. Yeah, no. Ooh, she makes some hooch sometimes. <laughs> um, hooch is crazy. Uh, so a, I want to do a toast. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a fruit fly in my wine for a second. It was just a little bubble. Uh, fruit flies have been particularly nasty this summer. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a um, uh, a four. For a toast to four, um, we uh, the last like week or so, um, uh, Tony Bennett passed away. 
um, at the ripe old age of like 96, I believe, um, which is an incredibly long life. Um, uh, A legendary, uh, you know, uh, jazz singer. Um, uh, Also, uh, Sinead O'Connor tragically passed away, unfortunately quite young. I believe she was in her mid-50s. And um, uh, earlier today, Paul Rubens passed away, um, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, Just by coincidence, a couple days ago, I watched the 30 Rock episode that he's in, where he's a severely inbred Austrian prince. Um, and oh my gosh, that was Paul Rubens. I forgot about that. It's a hilarious episode. and um, Isn't he like... Isn't his body just falling apart yeah, throughout the episode? Literally, like his his like eyebrow falls off yeah. at one point, and um, he like falls in love with Jenna. Um, the scene where he's just yelling styles of dance at her to do <laughs> is is just is beautiful comedy. Um, uh, so yes, uh, so you know three three legends um, who uh, who passed this week. Um, so just cheers to them. Um, I also. I just Jason mentioned there was a I, did you catch that actor's name hang on one sec why are you not doing the thing um uh Angus Cloud from Euphoria okay. I'm not familiar with this actor I've never watched Euphoria um but he apparently passed away quite quite young today as well 25 25 fuck um so you know just a toast to to all of all of those people, those various artists, um, at various stages in their lives and careers. Cheers. And a stretch for that one. Uh, I guess I could have stretched a little more. I really didn't put a lot of effort into reaching. We've got the leaf in our dining room table because we put it in when we had my family over for dinner. Um, we just haven't taken it out because it's a bit of a pain in the ass to take out. I think you've helped us take it out Probably. or put it in at some point it's a um yeah it's a pain um in regards to tony bennett uh i i can't remember if it was this morning or last night when i uh, read a post that lady gaga made on her instagram which i'm mm-hmm. sure she made on her other socials that she was talking about she made this really beautiful post about just kind of um saying goodbye to tony yeah and uh i recommend that obviously like obviously uh as most people know, uh, she and Tony Bennett did a lot of work together mm-hmm. um, over the past like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, a very, um, at least for me, unexpected artistic partnership and friendship, um, but one that worked. Worked. I mean, um, and it's very clear that she had a lot of love and respect uh, for him. Um, I know he was one of her musical influences, which. Um, is not as apparent in some of her earlier albums, <laughs> but um, so yeah. Um, Tony feel- Bennett is also in an episode of Thirty Rock. It is my favorite episode. Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely up there. It's the one where she and uh, Chris get married in the final season, and he sings at their wedding. <laughs> that uh, Jack calls in a favor. Um, so yeah, R.I.P. Um, all right, shall we dive into this? Yeah, as you were. As you were. Um, we start off the episode at, where else? The Double Meat Palace. Heck yeah. Uh, I believe 
for the last time. Um, I think Aww. this is our last Double Me Palace episode. I mean, Buffy did walk out yeah. during her shift, so that could be an it, indication. Or, but I honestly don't remember if they explain it in universe. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, she is talking with one of her coworkers, who I deeply regret did not get eaten by penis wig lady. Um, yeah, this guy sucks. He sucks. His name's Todd, according to the wiki. I no offense to anyone out there named Todd, including my husband's uncle, who's uh, who with whom he shares a middle name. Mm-hmm. But Todd is not all Todds are douchebags, but Todd is a douchebag name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Um, yeah, this guy is. This guy is able to say all the wrong things. First, he just. He espouses everything like he's a know-it-all. Mm-hmm. And, uh... He's talking dumb bullshit about, like, managerial hierarchies. Yeah, and, like, no. indifferent... First of all, like... Ugh. Okay, first of all, he's referring to Double Meat Palace as the palace. Ugh. Which, I feel like if another character did it, or if I, like, worked at Double Meat Palace, like, yeah, it's called the palace. But... The fact that I'm on the outside looking in and this guy says it that way, I hate it. It's it's this guy. If Buffy said it, if what was her name? What was Sheila or whatever? Um, her little buddy that came to her birthday party. Sophie. Sophie. <laughs> um, Sophie being like, hey, we're going to the palace. I've been like, that's so cute. But the way this guy says it, it's just like, ugh, shut the fuck up, Todd. Yeah, and he's talking about moving up and the management hierarchy, and then he tries like a douchebag to tie it into Machiavelli. Ugh. And what's worse is, um, you know, Buffy's barely listening. Good for her. Don't, yeah. like, t- tone this douche out. But then when um, he says Machiavelli and she just kind of looks and he's like, oh, I forgot, you dropped out of college. Wow, man. Fucking who, cockbag. Who, yeah, who says that to anybody? Right? And, I mean, yeah, he's going to night school, but Jesus Christ... And then, unfortunately, he makes another appearance, too. And he's like, enough of this guy. Fuck him. Uh, we do learn that Buffy is uh, reapplying uh, to UC Sunnydale. Um, but, yeah, she, uh, on her way home... Uh, and this really just right, sets up the tone for this episode. And this episode is, like, middle finger to Buffy the whole episode. Yeah, and it, it's, it's a classic... Bring, a, bring an old character back and compare their better, like, seemingly better life mm-hmm. with your main character who's going through rough stuff. It's, I know that sounds oddly specific, but so many shows have done it. Yeah. And, I mean, I, look at look at Gilmore Girls in season six when... Mm-hmm. When Jess comes back. When Jess comes back. Like, um, that's, that's actually probably perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A uh, better episode, though, I think. Um, oh, yeah, like, one of the few good episodes of season six. Um, no, this is just, this episode is, the whole season's been shitty for Buffy. But I don't know, this episode in particular just feels cruel. And I don't, yeah. I don't, like, it. and maybe it's just because it's been sprinkled throughout the season. And, like, with, you know, occasional big moments but it's never been the plot of the episode and this episode it's the plot and I don't know I just I feel like it's it's overkill we I already think, know Buffy feels like shit about her life I think it was the point was really driven home to get Buffy to the point that she's at 
at the end of the episode where she finally ends it with Spike and it makes it feel a little more real than her previous attempts to end it. Yeah. And also this is kind of taking us into the last part of the season. Yeah. So I think the focus is taken off of this arc of Buffy dealing with all of this normal stuff because the shit's really about to hit the fan. Mild spoiler alert, but don't it always in yeah. Buffy. I would say, we're hitting the spring. It's time for an apocalypse. <laughs> uh, it's an apocalypse. Must be May. Um, sweeps. Um, gosh. I don't think sweeps really exist anymore. I know, because because of streaming. Yeah. Um, thanks, streaming. Uh, for anyone who's not aware, sweeps weeks are um, times in usually May and I think um, September or October, I believe, um, where advertisers are really paying attention to numbers of shows and kind of deciding where they're going to put their money. So frequently, that's when shows are putting out like big episodes you know that's when you were getting also isn't that when um normally when studios start deciding like the renewals and stuff yeah that can that can be a factor in it too um yeah um like some shows if it's on the bubble they might wait till sweeps week to see how Mm -hmm. that goes but you know that's why those are the times where you suddenly get like ads that are like this week on lost Mm -hmm. someone will die um and I was, I was actually it's funny that we just watched that Arrested Development episode <laughs> yeah, where they, they did that, did that. <laughs> um, but it, that episode is literally a parody of all of those things it's yes. when you get your live episodes your 3D episodes I remember there was an ep- episode of like um, might have been might have been Chuck that did like a smell-o-vision episode <laughs> and you had to like get like you had to like Get a, a, a card, uh, like a scratch and sniff card. Snack, scratch and sniff card. Um, that's when you're going to have your lesbian kiss episode. Here's a question I'm wondering. Do you remember, and I'm pretty sure this was Nickelodeon, do you remember Spot the Dot? That is ringing a bell, but not all the way. Okay, so it was this promotional thing, and I think you had to go to Blockbuster, Okay, and you had to get this, like, card like this card with a red film in it and then um they would like every night during nickelodeon um during their like primetime mm-hmm. stuff uh they would have a big like image that you can only see it was clearly like those, when you like, filter it things out that like unscramble the like the images it doesn't like necessarily unscramble it it's just like if you look at it through this card yeah through the red film and you spot like the dot then you can make out a Nickelodeon character, and I believe you're supposed to call like the toll free number to say what it was. You could win prizes, but yeah, nice. like that I was kind of remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was Spot the Dot. It was I absolutely know it was a thing, but we're talking like late '90s, early 2000s oh Nickelodeon. I, I think I remember specifically because. Clarissa explains all. Was that Melissa Joan Hart? No. Yes. It was Melissa Joan Hart. It was like right before she did Sabrina. Sabrina. Okay. Yeah. I specifically remember her being one of the people that did like the intros. Like, okay, it's time. Take out your cards. It's time to spot the dot. (laughs) Nice. 
That is, yeah, that is sounding familiar. Like, I don't think I ever, like, got in, like, I don't think I ever got the card, um, or, like, participated, but I feel like I did see, mm-hmm. like, the commercials. Um, so, uh, Buffy is walking through the cemetery. She's got a, a, a bag of food she's taking home. Uh, I don't know why I just, like, mimed a bag of food at you, Jason. <laughs> like, in case you're too stupid to get it, I guess. Sometimes. Um, but she encounters a vampire um, who, when he tries to bite her, is too disgusted by the smell of the double meat palace. So it's funny. What a it, dick. It seems like he doesn't know that she's the slayer at first. But it's the smell of the Devil Meat Palace that makes him realize that she's the Slayer. <laughs> Which means that word has gotten out that the Slayer works at the Devil Meat Palace. Well, I mean, oh. the vampires can't beat her in combat, so they're obviously going to gossip about it. They're, <laughs> spilling, they're spilling so much tea. If we can't kill her, we'll kill her reputation. <laughs> we'll mock the shit out of her. Um... Uh, but, uh, so yeah, he's too disgusted to try to bite her. Um, Which so... is sad because that's what the penis head demon, that's one of the things that they loved about people that worked at the Double Meat Palace. Yeah. They were covered in that grease. Yeah. Uh, I guess this guy has more refined tastes. Uh, uh, he doesn't look like <laughs> Buffy it. Buffy does point out that, like, you're dead. You <laughs> smell like it. <laughs> um, he tries to get away, but she does uh, stake him. Uh, and he has out of just being insulted. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, back. At the... She doesn't even like. She throws it at yeah. him. She throws the stake and lands like square right in his heart. Um, he does. He has a bit of a oh, like <laughs> before he dusts, uh, kind of like Sunday did in the freshman. Yeah. <laughs> um. Buffy gets home, uh, where she finds Spike waiting for her. Um, he's, I like this. She says, the wiki says, she knows what he's there for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, he's she's there for the sexy sex. Yeah. And which she they do. says, she tells him, no, she can't go. He can't go inside. Dawn is waiting for her inside. Uh, and he convinces her to fuck on the front lawn. Which they do. Whew. Um, that is risky. That is. I know they were behind the tree, but like, what if Dawn had just happened to look out the front window, which she's expecting her sister to come home? It's reasonable to think she might look out the front window to see if she sees her. Well, it, it is very similar to when uh, Xander, Willow, and Anya saw uh, Spike fucking the Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Buffy, uh, inside, she presents the bag of the Double Meat Palace food to, to Dawn, who is politely unenthusiastic about it. So, we have a much different Dawn than we had, oh la- than we had in the, in, in, uh, what was the episode called? Uh, uh, Older and Far Away. Older and Far Away, because it's one of the most ridiculous episode names. <laughs> The, the only person she's being a dick to in this episode hasn't coming. So, yeah. like... Uh, her snark is delicious in this episode. Almost as delicious as a double meat combo. Yeah. Um, she's a little like, oh, the presumably the 
Berger got a little smushed during the sex and frankly that makes me glad that also makes me glad that Dawn didn't need it she doesn't need to know why it got squished but like I don't need Dawn eating her sister's squished sex burgers uh, <laughs> ew wow <laughs> uh, but Dawn's also just like we've had this every night for a yeah, week I can't this, this, this brings up the kind of the feelings that I had in the original Double Meat Palace episode, just the struggles with it and how it relates to people who have to work these jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there are lots of families that, you know, if if one of the people in the family works at um, a fast food place, then they bring home the food uh, when they can because, yeah. hey, it's, it's a meal you don't have to pay for. Yeah. And... Uh, and I mean, yeah, that that that's great that you have that food, but I can also see like I mean, you know, most fast food isn't necessarily that healthy for no. you. And the fact that some families that's that's all they can get sometimes, it's it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, Willow comes in, uh, they tell Buffy that they were planning on going to the bronze. Don asks permission, um, which is granted. Uh, They do try to um, convince her to go with them, but you know she's feeling pretty shitty. She's got to get grass stains on her, yeah, out of her coat. There's a um, (laughs) great line where uh, uh, Willow's like, "You get rough with a vampire, or did a vampire get rough with you?" And Buffy responds. Uh, he's not getting any gentler, and, <laughs> which Willow notices, and she's like, "They, they are not getting any gentler." Um, so uh, yeah, Willow and Dawn go to the Bronze, but Buffy stays home, and sadly tries to get grass stains out of her jacket uh, in the basement. Um, over at the Bronze, uh, Anya and Xander are. Uh, stressing about their wedding, uh, about the well, it's uh, only a week away. Only a week away, and some of these things, I'm like, ooh, you should have had this done sooner. Um, currently, they're specifically freaking out about the seating arrangements, um, and I will say this is not something that I dealt with at my wedding because um, we didn't do assigned seats. Um, we had um, a table that was tables uh, reserved specifically for the wedding party and immediate family but otherwise it was just like go sit somewhere and I honestly I've been to a few weddings and I can't remember one that everybody had assigned seating I think that might be a bit archaic or maybe even something that's for like super expensive like high Mm -hmm. profile weddings I a lot of the weddings that we've gone to recently have been, but they have all been, like, expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, I mean, some of it is just, like, a lot of these are, like, my, my family weddings, and my family is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that might be uh, a little easier to just, like, on the, like... <laughs> Of people to just like okay we know where people are sitting like um, yeah I, I guess but for just, me that was not a priority yeah I guess just for me I I think that 
most people are like, you know who's going to sit with each other. I mean, your family's going to sit with other members of your family. Mm-hmm. Your friends are more likely going to matriculate to those specific friend groups. Yeah. And, yeah. It's really funny. The last uh, two recent weddings that we went to that were my cousins. Um, my, my mom was a little pissy that we were not seated at the same table as her. Um, but we were sitting at both times. We were sitting at a table with uh, like my brother and his girlfriend and like co- our cousins who were like our age. Who oh, are the okay. people we're gonna be like, table? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, yeah, the thirty-year-old kids. Yeah. But I was like, we. I mean, these are the like. No offense to my mom, whom I love very, very dearly, and to my aunts, who I love dearly. Like, and I love sitting with them and chatting with them. Um, John does too. They really, my aunts really love John. Um, How can you not? Um, but I was like, I, I prefer to sit with my cousins who are my age, who are the people like my peers who I talk to like but um but no I I I feel for uh Xander and Anya wedding planning is very stressful even if you aren't creating seating charts like it is a lot of it's a lot of time it's a lot of money it's a lot of compromise um so um and that's on the best of times uh where you have supportive and loving family and friends not the situation that Xander and Anya are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow and Don are chatting about Xander and Anya's wedding. Uh, Willow is so <laughs> gleeful about how stressful it is for them. Willow's Willow's so happy in this episode. It's great. It's really yeah, nice well, to see. Yeah, and it, it's nice because I mean she does talk to Don about how there's progress being made with Tara, which we um, saw last week. Yeah, and. I do like how she says, it's, uh, you know, I could call her and know that she won't hang up on me. <laughs> Which, hey, I mean, that's progress. Yeah. And and she's particularly excited about the wedding because, I mean, I get it's a romantic atmosphere. Tara will be there. Um, they're on good terms. So, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, but she's also... Uh, she also says how she, when she was a kid, she would dream about <laughs> how her wedding to Xander would play out. And now that she sees Xander and Anya planning their wedding, she just says, ha ha ha. You know, I love, I do, I do love Tara or Willow, like, kind of thinking of the wedding as like a way maybe she can get back together with Tara. But it does remind me of um, a certain broken up couple not naming any names I know who it is um, who both members were invited to our wedding and I had concerns somehow I somehow I managed to like get involved in that as well and I don't know how that happened as I didn't as I barely knew either yeah either member I I, I got I had serious concerns about drama happening between them and I actually learned later that there was but it was kept away from me so um yeah um uh the next morning uh Buffy wakes up uh on the couch uh sleeping under her coat uh to hear the garbage truck 
driving away. Uh, she hurriedly gathers it up, rushes it outside, but misses it. She has a so, great line of like, don't you want your garbage? So this is definitely, this definitely falls into the, into what she said about it being cruel to Buffy. Yeah. That it's unnecessary and it, it just adds more, it piles more on to what we already know. And it makes Buffy feel pathetic. Like, as a person. Yeah. Like, and I don't... We know that she's very capable. Exactly. I don't... I Like, fine, we're doing this arc where Buffy is going through a really serious depression. I, that's fine with me as a story arc. I like it. But Buffy's not a pathetic person. Even when she feels like she's a pathetic person, she isn't. Um, so... I don't know. Yeah, this just felt like one detail too many. Um, it... it it's a lot of this episode just feels like we're just kicking her while she's down um in a way that isn't enjoyable to watch or like telling us anything we don't already know yeah. about her mental state um so um and yeah we immediately get a one-two punch of as she's talking to dawn who's getting ready for school she gets a rejection letter from uc sunnydale um although I will say, this made me feel a little bit better about it. Um, if you look, I, I noticed the second line, her rejection was just that she missed the deadline. Yeah. So, it's not a, like, I full think you, rejection. I think you could have had the rejection letter and not had the whole garbage scene. Yes. Because the garbage, the rejection letter is really personal. It's, it ties back to last season's arc of her dropping out of school in the first place and in always intending to go back. Whereas the garbage truck thing is just like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, she missed the garbage. Like, it sucks, but we've all done that. Um, that reminds me. My garbage pickup is tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of yard waste from uh, work being done around the house. So yeah. I, mean, I, I definitely can't miss this pickup. <laughs> Um, that's the thing that it sucks to miss the pickup that you really can't miss. Yeah. Oh, that is always the worst. Like, you're like, at, at, at it this was point, full. at this point, my my bin is overflowing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the uh, <laughs> sorry, the Buffy Wiki's got a real gem here. Uh, at work, Buffy tends to the grill like a depressed robot with life offering her little more than her fast her fast food job. Jeez. Jeez, these okay. are the Buffy wikis. Like, fuck you, Buffy. Here, Talk about kicking somebody while they're down. Here, you want some salt for that wound? Um, uh, she does is sent up to the counter to take an order uh, by fucking Todd. Um, and she comes face to face. With one newly facial scarred Riley Finn. Uh, how how are we feeling about Riley in this episode? More or less tolerable than when we when we last saw him? I will say that. Okay, I'm just gonna put all my feelings out here right now. <laughs> I found I love Riley's wife. Yeah, she and just as Buffy says, she's perfect and. Just as Willow says, like, she obviously says, she obviously talks bad about her to Buffy out of loyalty, yeah. which you, you already uh, referenced at the top of the show, but she also really likes her. Yeah. Like, and she's great. 
I actually think she's a really great character. I mentioned that she's Lila Morgan if she was good. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the thing is, is that Riley, the character that we've known for pretty much a, a season and change. Yeah. He's the one that brings this couple down. He he's kind of apart from a couple scenes, he's kind of just as dull as he was through the majority of his run of mm-hmm. being on Buffy in seasons four and five. And the actual um, commando, like, special forces storyline is so boring. Yeah. Like, it is... And it really just harkens back onto how, without Maggie Walsh, I did not care about the initiative story. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like, it, it. this feels just like another one of that, and I'm so mm-hmm. glad that there wasn't a spinoff involving <laughs> Riley Special Ops, because, oh my god, yeah. that would have been the dullest thing. Yeah, I, I also, I agree that the, the, the that storyline is really, really dull in this episode. I also just, I detest the way it ties in, how, how Spike ties into it. I think Spike being the doctor, which is already dumb, is really dumb and feels out of character uh, not it's not the, the, him being the one selling the eggs that's yeah I believe Spike would do that shit it's this weird doing it under a code name thing it's yeah. like that's not Spike um, I, I do I agree with you I think Riley is really, still really boring here it does seem like he's left behind some of that more toxic masculinity stuff he was going through in season 5 so for that I am grateful. Uh, I also really love Sam, but with a bit of an asterisk. Um, because she is meant to just show how good Riley's life is. Exactly. And she's she's meant to be... She's introduced in a way that is to be everything Buffy isn't. She's, you know, she's confident. She's, you know, she's all these things that Buffy wants to be and is, but doesn't feel like she is. Um... She verges on being. I really. I'm hesitant to even. Are use you going to say term. Mary Sue? I was going to say. I, yeah, I hesitate to use it because I think it's a deeply misogynistic term, um, or or is used as a very very in a very misogynistic way much of the time. It's more. It's more often than not um, ascribed by men mm-hmm. towards any any capable and competent female character. Yeah. Um. I, I will say I do think it kind of fits here though because she is all of these yeah, things. Yeah, it's because of the purpose of her. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, the way that the character, the way that the actress plays the yes. character is great. She brings a lot of charm to the character that helps me look past that. Mm-hmm. And if she had stayed and become like a regular cast member, I could see this character developing into a really interesting three-dimensional character. And one thing I uh, mentioned while we were watching it is that even though she reminded me of, like, a good Lila Morgan, uh, there were times that her delivery of lines sounded like Tara, which is usually very soothing, very mm-hmm. comforting, and it it really helped me enjoy this character. Yeah, she... You, she, you are so right about... Because when she was introduced, I was like, she's reminding me of Tara for some reason, but I don't know why, because she's 
not really anything like Tara. Especially the way she was talking with Willow mm-hmm. in the kitchen. It's it's the cadence of her voice. Mm-hmm. She has a very similar cadence to Amber Benson. And yeah, she looks dead up like Stephanie Romanoff. I think it's the eyes that really... Um, I'm going to look up this actor. Her name is... Okay, her... I think I remember seeing it in the, the guest starring bill. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that is... It's probably Eastern European. Croatian. Okay. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, she is from... Uh, she was born in Bosnia. Her name is Ivana uh, Milicevic, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna guess. Um, let's see. Some other credits. She was... She had an uncredited role in Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Uh, she played former girlfriend in Jerry Maguire. God, I haven't seen that movie in years. Um, she played period film actress in the 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill. Her scenes were deleted. Um, she plays, uh, oh, she plays one of the American, uh, girls in Love Actually with Molly Shannon and there's like the trio of Okay. Of girls who love their British accents. And then there's uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Yes, I was thank you. I was like, there's yeah. the other one is also like like a named person. Everyone is a named person. She played a character named Valenka in Casino Royale. Um, Sounds like a lot of smaller roles. Yeah, she, she's yeah she's been working pretty consistently. Um, looking to see if she. She was in some Charmed episodes. She played a character named Corey Weston in an episode of Friends. The episode called The One with the Memorial Service. Okay, that would have been... Season... Uh, I don't know, like... <laughs> that one is clearly <laughs> one that I haven't revisited. Uh... She was on. She was in three episodes of Gotham, playing a character named Maria Kyle, who I'm just gonna guess is some Sel- relation to Selena Kyle. Yeah, who I was like a kid on that show, so I'm gonna guess mother. mother. Um, anyway, I, I enjoy her performance in this episode. I think she's really charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of charisma to the role, um, which is good to have while charisma is on vacation. Um, exactly, we need some more. Um, so yeah, but Riley says he needs her help and she doesn't even think about it. She takes off that delightful hat and walks right out of the double meat palace while Todd's like, Bobby, come back. Your shift's not over. (laughs) (laughs) You're so good at impressions. Thank you. It's (laughs) one of my skills. Um... They, uh, it's why my, uh, my impressions of John and Jalen always have British accents. (laughs) Um, so they are tracking a demon called a Suvelte? Suvelte demon. Um, and, uh... It's a breeder. It is a breeder. (laughs) Um... Straight people cover ears. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, they are vicious killers from the moment they are born. Um, BTW listeners, Harrison has called me a breeder once. Well, listen. <laughs> uh, also, it was really funny because just, I don't think you knew that was like a term when no, I no, the first I, I time. did. Oh, okay. I just recently found out about oh, that's it right. though, yeah. because I can't remember who it was that I was talking with, but. Uh, 
they were saying, um, uh, we were talking about like, gosh, man, there's so many like things that straight people call gay people. They're like, you know, such nasty words. And, uh, is there anything that gay people call straight people? And like, honestly, the worst it gets is breeder. (laughs) And then just like a couple weeks later, uh, when um, my girlfriend was showing off like her huge closet to um, our friend group, and uh, and I was just like, "Hey, you don't have to like go crazy about the closet." You like yelled at me, like, "Get away, you breeder!" <laughs> Listen, that closet was fucking impressive. And yeah, it is. Like, oh my, I mean, like, I knew they were wealthy, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> um, uh, it. Reminded me a bit of like, um, oh gosh, no, I can't remember. Some rich person on TV, like, I'm I, I'd never watched Sex in the City, but I'm just gonna guess like one of those women had like some crazy. Okay, I thought clock. you were gonna go like Barney Stinson, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. He had like a kind of insane like tie situation going on, the suits in general. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, Yes, they're tracking this monster. Uh, they find it in the only street in Sunnydale. Um, I, I think this demon design is pretty cool. Um, the demon design is pretty cool. The combat with it is not. No. The the costume itself, I mean, it's practical, so I can't get too mad about that. But it looks like it's just a bit too clunky to do much with it. Um, like when Buffy kills it later, like... You can, if you if you're looking closely, you can tell that she doesn't actually like turn its neck at all. Like it's because presumably the costume doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, one of my few Riley moments that I like is when people are running away from the demon, <laughs> yeah. and he says, "National Forest Agency, we got a loose bear here." <laughs> I wanted I wanted somebody to say that's clearly not a bear. <laughs> People of Sunnydale are just so used to it. They're like, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> sure, it's a bear. <laughs> Gangs on PCP. <laughs> sure, the high school blew up because of a gas leak. Um, I saw that fucking snake. Uh, <laughs> um... They, uh... The monster, the, the uh, demon does get away, but... Riley is able to shoot it with a tracker. Um, so they pursue via the car. Um, they, they t- He's like, oh, I've got to catch you up on all sorts of stuff when we have time. I really feel like this could have been used to catch her up on at least a few things. Yeah. Uh, even if he didn't go into details. He says, he says he's got some big stories. and <laughs> This is so funny. <laughs> and, and Buffy says, did you die? Like, no. Like, I bet I'm going to beat you. I'm going to win. Um, we we have a very brief cutaway um, to Xander and Anya. They are sitting in traffic. I don't know where there's ever been traffic in Sunnydale, but sure. They're heading to the airport, so maybe it's not necessarily a Sunnydale airport. Maybe it's a nearby. Okay, there is an airport in Sunnydale, okay. but but listen, no. I, I have flown to airports sometimes or out of airports that are not the Louisville airport because sometimes it is just cheaper. Like, when we flew to New York in 2018, it literally was cheaper to drive to Cincinnati, park our car there for a week, 
and fly out of Cincinnati and back to Cincinnati than to fly out of Louisville. Jeez. Yeah. Um, now, the drive back from Cincinnati, which is not a long drive, but after you've been, been on, a plane. on a plane, that fucking sucked. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing the same, actually, when we go to Sweden in the fall. We are flying out of Chicago um, and then back into Chicago. And John's mom wants to just basically get right on the road from the plane. God, and, at that point, I'd, like, take a bus or something. Uh, listen, the, the plan is to... We're going to... Apparently, we're going to see how it goes. We're, we're going to, at the very least, get out of the city. And if we're not feeling it, find a hotel outside of Chicago to stay the night. Which I'm like, okay, that... Sounds like a Gary, Indiana hotel trip. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. Um, so, no, they are going to pick up, uh, I think, Xander's uncle. Um, yes. Who is staying with them. Anya is very unhappy to have Xander's uncle staying with him because he is like much of Xander's family. I love, I, love the, I love just how the scene opens up with Anya saying, I think we just died in traffic and now we're in hell. Yeah. Well, I am <laughs> fucking... I felt that because um, traffic is one of my big anxiety things uh, because of all the years I spent driving shitty cars that would dr- break down in bad traffic. Um, so yeah, I... Oof. Um, the only time I really had anxiety about traffic, granted, if I'm in like, as long as it's moving, I'm okay, even if it's just like bit by bit. But the one time I was really ang- anxious about it was when they were doing the construction on I-65, mm-hmm. and we would, um, I would be coming home from, uh, not coming home, I'd be going from rehearsal at the studio to work at UPS Mm -hmm. and I'd always be worried that I'd show up um, late because the traffic was Mm -hmm. terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, one of the most stressful traffic situations I've uh, ever been in was when we were driving to Cleveland for, um, uh, for Mason's wedding and they had closed down the bridge into Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Um, and we didn't know. and or, or there was like a wreck or something. I don't remember. But we went... It took us like two hours, I think, to go a mile. Oof. And once we were past it, it was fine. But like we were... We were like half an hour late for the rehearsal. Um, we literally just went straight. I'm sure you weren't the only ones. No, we were. Oh, okay. <laughs> because everyone else managed to get an alert that that had happened oh. and go around it. By the time that... Because I think we left earlier than like anyone else, ironically. Um, and yeah, so we, we our plan was to get there like two hours before the rehearsal was meant to start. Go check into our hotel you know relax for a bit and then go and then john was gonna just go to the rehearsal because i wasn't in the wedding but yeah we just had to go straight to the church i like waited in the car like um yeah it was it was stressful gross the rest of that weekend was wonderful it was a lovely time um 
so, uh, but yeah, they are just, it's, they're just kind of bickering over the relatives slash demon friends that yes, are staying with them. all of the them. Anya scenes, all the scenes with Xander and Anya are wedding related. Yep. There are some Xander is crushing on Riley again, um, and also, like, crushing on, <laughs> crushing on Sam as well. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, like, everything with Xander and Anya is wedding-related. It is very... <laughs> Xander presumably just leaves Anya alone with, like, his relatives to go be with Buffy and the gang, and I'm like... Feels a little bit like they for... There's some weird continuity stuff with where Xander is in this episode, um... That just is a little strange, but it's whatever. Well, I don't know. I don't think Anya had too many interactions with Riley, so yeah, it probably would have just felt weird to have the two of them together. Yeah. But, I get it. Um, I don't know. I just needed her there to make some sort of insensitive comment about... Or maybe I didn't, actually. I mean, Don, Don did plenty. That's true. <laughs> um, so uh, they get to the local dam... <laughs> this scene reminded me of the beginning of Goldeneye. Okay, yeah. Um, when uh, oh wait, we... no, I'm not seeing Goldeneye. It, no, right. Right. It's the first Pierce Brosnan one. Like literally, the opening scene is him jumping off of a much taller dam with the line. Okay, gotcha. So it that does sound familiar though. Could, I've probably it seen be, it in it like could even be a reference to it. But at this point, this is the point when I realized, oh, I'm not feeling this black op shit. <laughs> um, I just, I just finished the Roger Moore era. I love just, Roger Moore as James Bond. He was great. He was great. The, in the last Spy movie, though, Who, Spy Who Loved Me is still my favorite yeah, James Bond movie. That was a good one. The last one, I was like, ooh, you are, you're showing your age there a bit, buddy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, uh, I was like, it's probably the, was the right time to bow out of the role. Um, his some of his scenes with uh, Tanya Roberts, uh, uh, aka Midge Pinciotti, I was like, "Who this age difference is creepy." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's James Bond. Well, unfortunately, um, it's really funny. Speaking of, this is just like a really weird tangent, but despite being ostensibly both straight, uh, Daniel Craig and Rachel Weisz just feel like an extremely queer couple. Like also like Rachel Weiss doing well. I mean, you know, some of their recent work. Rachel Weiss was in Disobedience with uh, with Rachel McAdams, and that mm-hmm. was, and that was about a, a gay relationship. Yeah. The favorite and, then, and the favorites, yeah. and then you know, Daniel Craig is like Menoir Blanc in yeah. the in the Knives Out movies. Which spoilers for Glass Onion. Uh, it's revealed that he is gay with you, with you, Grant. I'd love to be gay with you. Grant. I actually did not know until after I saw the movie that that's what they were implying. I thought that um, you know Minois Blanc was just kind of like the guy who has a housekeeper. Oh, and, <laughs> you thought it was like his Jeeves? Yeah, like I literally <laughs> thought that he was just like a butler. That's for, hilarious for him. And I don't. Know, does that make me a bad person? It doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, like, the fact that it was just a random Hugh Grant cameo, I'm like, okay, sure! <laughs> um, I think the third Knives Out movie should be the two of them on vacation, 
and Hugh Grant just just wants to have a regular vacation where they don't get involved in any strange mystery. <laughs> but there's just one that's too, too enticing for Benoit Blanc. So he's, like, sneaking around. It's a little bit like the Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, <laughs> like, he doesn't want to get caught by his husband solving a mystery, but it's, like, a really good one. I love that both those movies are very different, but still, like, hella enjoyable. Oh, fuck yeah. I do need to rewatch Glass Onion because I... By the end of it, I was a little drunk and, like, <laughs> just was having a bit of trouble focusing. So, um, so yes, they are, they encounter the demon at this dam. Uh, this is where Buffy meets Sam. Sorry, I'll, I'm just thinking of Glass Onion again. Just like, <laughs> it's so stupid, it's brilliant. No, it's so dumb, it's brilliant. No, it's just, just dumb. dumb. <laughs> oh. Um, I it's funny I went into that movie fully I don't know if it was just the way the trailers were cut or if it was just or or what but I was fully prepared that in my mind Edward Norton was the murder victim yeah, um, I, you told me this. I was just like, I was just waiting for him to die, and then he and, didn't. And, yeah, <laughs> I was like, and, what? and I'm really glad that that's not what happened. That you had him for pretty much the whole yeah. movie. Um, I love Edward Norton. He's great. He's great. Um, Sam and Riley uh, fight the demon. Uh, Buffy is just kind of sitting there in shock for a moment when uh, at this revelation that Riley has married. Uh, but then she's like, oh shit, demon. <laughs> um, and she Well, there, there's a point where it's just Sam fighting the demon. Yeah. And there's this like fun little exchange between Riley and Buffy. And he's just kind of describing like, oh, I've been married for four months. And, which is crazy because like, you know. It's a quick. He's it's only a... been gone a year. Yeah. And so that means like he knew. And it seems that he was doing this before. It seems that he was doing at least a little bit of his stuff before he met Sam. Yeah. So we're talking less than eight months they knew each other and then they got married. I will. It's good. It probably is a little more than a year that he's gone. He's been gone because he was gone by the time of Buffy's birthday. Okay. So I was just going some, by what yeah. Don was saying. Like, oh, you can. I, I think it's a year and some change okay. enough that it's reasonable to to round down. Um. But yeah, but, that but was a again, fast like, turnaround. But, but then again, I mean, we, we, we both have friends who mm-hmm. have, like, maybe not been dating as long as you would traditionally think, and then they get engaged. I do think, too, that is a bit um, not uncommon in military. My brother Makes recently, sense, yeah. you know, this is just, I have a new perspective on this, because my brother, who's in the military, got I mean, married pretty quickly. And yeah, like, you live dangerous lives, especially in the mm-hmm. line of work that they do, so you're like... I mean, why? Yeah, why wait? And there's a lot of like benefits when you're when you're both military to being married. Like I know my brother and his wife get certain housing benefits that they wouldn't be getting if they weren't married. Right. Um, I I think they also cannot be forcibly stationed in different places. I think they're they can take postings in dif- at different places if they choose to, but they like the army can't order them to take, take separate postings. Um, so like there, there are, there are benefits that I didn't, I just didn't know about, um, before I, uh, before my brother got married. 
Um, so it's not that crazy, but I do I do raise my eyebrow eyebrow a bit of like Sam a bit of a rebound that just worked well, out. It, it very much is along that same line of this is all being this has all been done to compare it to Buffy's life mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, uh, Buffy kills the Savolte, um, because Riley, like a fucking moron, didn't, uh, tell Buffy that they didn't want to kill it because they needed to follow it back to where its eggs were so they could destroy the eggs. Um, they, uh, I, I really like when... Sam refers to Riley as Captain Can Do. Um, not quite as good as Captain Cardboard, but it is uh, it is fun. Um, they uh, Sam asks if Buffy has a safe house they can go to. Buffy's like, "Well, I have a house. Sometimes it's safe. Sometimes you can't even leave." Yeah. Um, and I was about to be like, "Buffy, your house is rarely safe." Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, in this case it is in this um, episode it is so this is something maybe I missed but fill me in so uh, this part I didn't miss Sam cuts the demon open uh, like it's a tauntaun um, but that checking to see if the eggs have been laid but um, here it says Riley mentions that Sam's good cutting skills are because she's a doctor and promises Buffy that he'll take the time to fill her in on everything I missed the the bit about her being a doctor. I missed that too. Um, okay. Yeah, I just <laughs> remember uh, Riley saying like, "Oh yeah, I'll fill you in on everything." Yeah, I, I that part definitely. So I'm I'm we curious. Could've, we could have also just been like you know heckling and jekylling. True. <laughs> we um, do that from time to time. Uh, we need those subtitles up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, back at the house, uh, I was about to say Willow's there. Because um, she lives there. Because I was like, I was be, about to be like, because Xander came over, and I was about to lump a Willow in there with Xander. Be like, they both came over. I was like, Willow was there. Mm-hmm. But um, apparently, they called ahead, um, let them know what was going on. Uh, Willow and Xander are very warm and excited to see Riley and Sam. Although Willow does, uh, once she greets them. She does tell Buffy she is perfectly willing, able, and ready to hate this woman as much as Buffy needs her to. <laughs> uh, Buffy's like, no, you don't need to. She's great. Um, and it's where Buff- Willow's like, no, no, this is how it works. You can't hate her because then you're the petty ex. I'm your best friend. I can hate her as much as you need me to. So this would have been incredibly out of place, but it would have been really funny if Buffy like started crushing on Sam like Eleanor crushes on Tahani in the good place. <laughs> Side note, I might legit be into Tahani. <laughs> One of my favorite running gags of that show. I've been is... wanting to do a rewatch of that because it's it's a it's not a long rewatch. No. And it's just delightful. I don't think I've ever done like TV a full show. rewatch like in order, but I've several episodes that I've rewatched because they're just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't, and not even like I don't. Even, that's one of those shows that really benefited from short seasons, short run. But like, I can't think of a single really serious misstep that the show ever took. Um, like the closest I I kind of had was in the third season when they went back to Earth, where 
I, I was hesitant going into it. I was like, ooh, this is a really big change, but I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. So, um, Willow is less warm, less open. You mean Dawn? Uh, or Dawn, yes. Uh, she's actually pretty actively hostile to <laughs> Riley. Not to Sam. Not to Sam. She recognizes yeah. that women hating women, it's not a good look. Um, Willow. But... <laughs> But yeah, she's just like, um, she's like, I thought we'd never see you again after you left without saying goodbye. Um, and this is something I, I kind of, at first, I was just like, oh, she's been really protective of Buffy. Um, but then I remembered when Riley was saying goodbye to Dawn at the end of the episode, I, was, I remembered, I was like, oh, Dawn actually had a pretty good relationship with Riley. Another thing that I really liked was um, Willow hugging Riley when she saw him, because remember, yeah. there was a little bit of an extra friendship to it because when Riley was first trying to court Buffy, mm-hmm. he was talking with Willow and yeah. he kind of like reached out to Willow when probably nobody else um, would have uh, because she was kind of just in the in the like post Oz, she was just starting her post Oz yeah. life and the fact that uh they kind of have a nice little nod to it here. There was always kind of like a little bit of extra friendship yeah. between Willow and Riley. You know what's so funny? I'm just realizing, um, like, Riley had better, more interesting relationships with basically every other character except, except Buffy. Buffy. Like, I enjoyed he and Xander's, like, friendship. I enjoyed his and Willow's. I thought he was really sweet with, uh, with Dawn. Like, um, yeah, it's just... Couldn't make it work with Buffy. Um, Sam and Riley are uh, describing the situation, how the demon breeds, you know, uh, basically it decimates whole villages. Um, and specifically, they uh, there is a demon dealer named the Doctor, rolling my eyes, uh, who was going to sell them these eggs, presumably to military organizations. Um, they are a little... Uh, Riley is uh, like, ooh, Don, should you be hearing this? But Sam's like, Don's a grown-up. Don can listen. And Don's like, fuck yeah, vindication. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she does say, like, as long as it's all right with you, Buffy. Yeah, which I liked that. Um, I liked that. Yeah, she Sam did. is so respectful of Buffy. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. It helps the purpose it helps me like get over her reason for existence is because she's genuinely but at the same, t- but at the same time it's also infuriating for Buffy because I'm pretty sure I've mentioned something oh when when uh, Cordelia was reunited with the Grusalog mm-hmm. and um, you know Angel had to deal with that it's like gosh if, the, if you know if the girl that you like got together with another guy or in this case if the guy you were with got together with another girl if they were awful, then it'd be so easy to hate them. Yeah. But it's infuriating when they're just really good people. Yep. They're like, how am I supposed to hate you now? <laughs> um, she uh, asks, uh, Sam asks Willow if she can do a locator spell. Willow says she can't, and Sam's just like, oh, but I'm actually, I actually think uh, Riley asked for the locator spell. Yes, yes, I think you're right. Uh, but Sam's like, oh, Riley says that you're like a super badass Wicca. 
And we get yep. the worst line. I, I, I don't necessarily want to say in all of Buffy without doing a, a, you know, a scientific test about it, but um, pretty up there. Not even Allison Hannigan can save this line. Um, she says, but I got addicted like an addict. Huff huff huff, and off. that was and that was meant to be, uh, you know, kind of the way that they talk on Buffy, like you know, taking a word and throwing a Y behind it to make it, it to turn into an adjective, even though it clearly isn't. Yeah, it, it's meant to kind of be in that sort of tone slang that they do, but yeah, it, it sounds stupid. It's so dumb. It's I mean, it's just forcing us to think about a storyline we hate. Um, but it's just like I don't know the way Willow. I mean, I know she's... This does not feel like Willow hating Sam for Buffy's sake. It feels like she's just very offended that, like, Sam didn't already know this about her. And it's like... I don't know. It just... It's out of it's out of place. If, if Sam had been pushing and pushing and pushing, I maybe would get it. But Willow just goes from zero to a hundred really fast. And I think that's just to get to that kitchen mm-hmm. scene between her and Sam. Yeah. Um, so Riley asks Buffy and Sam, uh, to search for the nest while he goes to gather information on, uh, who the dealer is. Um, Sam is initially a bit reluctant. She doesn't want to slow Buffy down. Um, the Slayer. She, it she bugs is... me the way she keeps saying that. That was annoying. Oh no, I thought it was funny. It's oh. just like, oh, you're like this legendary person the slayer i i don't know it's just the way she kept saying it i was i didn't mind her admiration for her but i, I don't know i was like stop saying it like that <laughs> stop saying it like you want to kiss her like just kiss her um uh but before they leave sam goes and talks to willow and she explains that she um a couple shamans that they had working with them got addicted to some really dark magics um, and it killed them. Um, implied. She says they're no longer here. Uh, but um, she tells Willow she thinks it's incredible how strong she was, able to overcome that. Um, Willow doesn't respond, but you can tell she's very moved by what Sam said to her. She does smile. Um, and as much as I, I'm annoyed by it all, like that, does, that is a nice scene. And it's... Yeah. It um it does tie back into the same thing Tara told her in the last episode. And it's good for Willow to be hearing these words of affirmation from uh, both people that she loves, like Tara, and from people who she doesn't necessarily know, but who knows what they're talking about, like Sam. Um, so... I'm annoyed at the whole thing, but I mean, I can I can appreciate a good scene when it's even when it's in a bad story. And that's that that kind of reflects on how I feel about uh, Riley's last scene in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, we'll get to that. Um, so as Buffy are and Sam are patrolling, um, they. Uh, they're talking about you know Buffy explains that she or Willow's god damn it Sam is telling Buffy like she's really thinks it's really cool you know she's with the Slayer she's a legend um she she's like it's like hanging out with Santa Claus or Buddha (laughs) and Buffy's like fat and jolly (laughs) um 
but uh, they also talk about Riley and um, Sam uh, explains how she met. She was working with the Peace Corps. Um, they were attacked by some demons. Um, she did, She was not aware of demons at the time, it sounds like, um, but she did survive and she joined the initiative or this offshoot initiative. And uh, they... Uh, Riley was apparently in a really bad place following his breakup with Buffy. Um, in a firefight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she asks Buffy if she regrets losing Riley, and um, Buffy's. I like that they're able to have a frank conversation about this, and Buffy's just like, you know, yeah, like I'm glad he found you, but obviously I feel shit about my life, but. Um, also, I mean, as we said, and it's it's easy for Buffy to kind of think about the good times with Riley because we always said that what Buffy wanted from Riley was normalcy. Yeah. And especially after her relationship with Angel. And uh, while, you know, she really didn't get that with Riley being in the initiative, it, it still was like the most normal person that she's dated. Yeah. Um, she, uh, Sam does ask if Buffy's seeing anyone. Buffy's like, no. But I gotta go see somebody right now. Yeah. I gotta go see a man about something. So, um, yeah, she, uh, she tells Sam that she... She knows a guy, but he's kind of squirrely with strangers. So, um, <laughs> she, Sam says she's going to go find Riley. Um, this is one of those things where I feel like, even though she protests, as she does um, every time, I feel like Buffy knows she's going to go she's going under the pretense of information but she knows what she's actually going for yeah otherwise she wouldn't have and that's kind of had sam leave and that's what leads to this moment of clarity yeah um so yeah she goes to spike she kind of half-heartedly questions him about if he knows has any information about the doctor he does but (laughs) um but uh she asks him if he loves her, and he's like, the, "Yeah, this this scene, Ive. Yeah. Um, so what I told Harrison while we were watching it is, this is why, like you know, when I was first watching the series, Angel's my favorite character in the Buffyverse, um, and I do like Angel and Buffy. I like it when they're together um, in seasons two and three and one, even though like you know." It's a relationship that's a little doomed. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I kind of have a thing for that. <laughs> but I also like the idea that one day Buffy and Angel could get back together after they'd both grown some. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there were so many people that, you know, would always say like, oh, that was just that was Buffy's first boyfriend. Like, I mean, it wasn't real or anything, which I, we've talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. I think it was very real. Um, but the people, like, it's scenes like this that make me so 
honestly worried about people that ship <laughs> Buffy and Spike. And some people reference events that happen at the end of this season slash beginning of the next season. Um, but I don't think it makes up for just how bad this relationship is, mm-hmm. how toxic, how just not great it is. Yeah. Like, it is in no way healthy for either of them. Yeah. And and the toxicity comes from both of them. Yeah, no. Like, like neither of yeah, them no, are Buffy, great. Buffy instigates this probably more than Spike does. Yeah. Um, Spike is kind of like, oh, well, since you're here... But like you said, she almost always goes to Spike with the pretense of, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to have sex too. And and yeah, like there there are times that Spike says like, oh, you can't even look at me or and you know, Buffy's still hiding it from everybody that is in Terra. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I I get that there are probably people out there that are attracted to damaged people mm-hmm. and hope that they can fix them mm-hmm. I I'm sorry if I'm attacked if I'm sorry if people are feeling attacked <laughs> right now but I know this is a damn truth um, that's not a healthy relationship it's not and and yeah it's yeah. it's very the fact that she goes in there and says like tell me that you love me and he's like I love you that's bad because Buffy, like, I think Spike does legitimately love her. I mean, he's told her several times, so he says it without a doubt, thinking, like, oh... And she knows he will. Yeah. And, so, yeah, this is, like, honestly, Buffy being the more toxic person. Yeah. Oh, in this case, absolutely. And, uh, and what is it she says afterwards, like, um... Um, she basically is just like, I'm using you. Like, I don't love you. Um, let's see if I... But yeah, the fe- like that whole "tell me that you love me," which she just needs to hear after hearing about how like how Riley and Sam got together. Yeah, um, it's 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 hurtful. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just hurts to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then of course they proceed with the sex. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, are caught post coital uh, by Riley. Who, uh, after uh, uh, talking to some informants around town, has been led to Spike's script, Spike's crypt, uh, where he catches them. Uh, Spike, you know, Buffy kind of tries to get dressed. She's very ashamed. Riley kind of acts like it's not bothering him, but clearly does. I will say this. I don't... Well, it might bother him... I don't think it's a, oh, I hate seeing her with Spike. Oh. I, I think it is just like, I hate seeing her in something that she clearly yeah. doesn't want to be. I, it doesn't um, read yeah, as I, jealousy to me. It reads as concern. Yeah, and I also, and I think, gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> points to Riley, never once does he seem judgmental yeah. of this. Which, I mean, you know... Buffy is so scared about what everybody would think if they found out about her and Spike um, being fuck buddies mm-hmm. and honestly just this awful relationship that they're in. But 
you know, as evidenced by the final scene that Riley has and what he's talking to Buffy, he doesn't he doesn't judge her. Yeah. And he also like knows that, you know, it's it's a rough time, you go through rough things, but that doesn't like, you know, you have your ups and you have your downs, but that doesn't change who you are. Yeah. And yeah, it's so Props to Riley Finn for that. Never thought we'd be talking about emotional maturity from Riley Finn, but uh, there's a bit of a power uh, power move from Spike where he uh, starts to get up and he just sits on the edge of the bed, fully naked, just like legs akimbo. Um, he also references uh, the vampires sucking Riley's blood uh-huh. um, and uh, and the drugs that he was on that he was. Uh, giving get the initiative was giving to him. Yeah. Um, so he tries to pull out all of Riley's worst hits. <laughs> like, you know what, Spike? You still look bad in comparison. Yeah. Uh, Spike denies that he is the doctor. That he knows anything about this. But they go down into the lower level of his crypt where they find um, all of the xenomorph eggs. <laughs> and... Uh, Buffy's, I don't know, the way they play this reveal that he's the Doctor, it's like, dramatic music. And Buffy's like, no, not Spike, not my evil boyfriend (laughs) doing something bad. Um, Which Spike does call out later. He's like... You know what I'm about. And see, to me, that's why I just think this is so dumb. I just think he'd be like, yeah, I'm doing that. Again, it literally is to get to the To the moment. Yeah, Yeah, to the moment. Um... They, uh, the, the little eggs start to hatch. The little, little sabultes start coming so out. So, I, I like, I like practical effects, but this is it, cheap. It's not working. It is, yeah, this is just cheap looking, and, yeah, I'm glad Buffy, like, threw grenades yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, so they just, bl- she just blows the bottom layer of Spike's crypt to hell. Um, kills all the little sabultes, and she's basically just like... Fuck you, Spike. Piece of shit. Fucking dildo. Um, anyway. <laughs> Anything uh, else you want to add? <laughs> no, I, got, I think I covers it. Um, at Xander and Anya's place, uh, they're hiding out in the bathroom while their family slash friends are, like, destroying their apartment Yeah, apparently? it sounds pretty rough. Fuck these people. Absolutely not. Unacceptable. Um, Anya is kind of annoyed that uh, Xander's uh, so um, so interested in Riley and Sam's wedding and the, their marriage. Yeah, uh, she's been he's... asking uh, about like centerpieces, and uh, and I love that Sam does like you know tell him like oh like you know put some disposable cameras. And... It's a great idea. Yeah, and I actually, I don't know if I've been to a to a wedding that has those, but I know I've seen weddings on TV. That yeah, um, I think I have been to a wedding that did that. But I, I, like, think, I, that was, I think that was, I think that was more oh. of a um, this era sort of thing because they did it on King of Queens, they did mm-hmm. it on Friends. Um, I think it's like a late '90s, early yeah. 2000s thing because the boom you know, of the disposable camera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My, actually, my uncle, at his wedding, um, at the reception, they had this little, um, like, they had a photographer who was doing, like, professional pictures, but they had this, like, weird little 
Um, ah, fuck, what are they? Um, oh my god. The cameras that... That would print the picture and you shake Disposable shaking. camera? No, okay. they, um... Like, they print the picture yeah. out from the camera. And you, like, you shake it. Yeah. That's not a disposable camera. You have to get the yeah, disposable a, yeah, camera you're right, you're right, developed. Um, it's called a... <laughs> it's on the edge of my tongue. They had one of those, but it, like... But it was, like... They were, like, um... Little. They weren't, like, the full uh, size pictures. Um, they were like real small that they were putting in like you could take your picture and then put them in a book my brother took an aggressively unflattering photo of me and kept it instant camera instant print cameras is there like a brand name Polaroid Polaroid thank you Polaroid it was a Polaroid camera. Um, yeah, my brother took a really, uh, like, a really unflattering photo of me that caught me at like every wrong angle, and he kept it. I took, I've taken a couple of unflattering photos of you. Like, your mouth has been full of food, <laughs> and like, you, I showed the picture to every, to like all of us when we were, uh, when we were eating. You're like, that's a very unflattering photo of me. And then I posted it on Facebook, and you commented, that's a very unflattering photo. <laughs> Um, but no, Anya is frustrated that the the wedding itself is causing Xander so much stress and anxiety, and he explains to her, he's like, yeah, the wedding is stressful and causing me anxiety, but... That's, it only lasts for a day. Yeah, he's like, the marriage lasts forever, and that I'm not worried about. Um, and Anya is quite comforted by this and it's a very sweet moment um, i also love that they have monogram towels cute x and a on it cute which if you put them next to each other say axe or za or za <laughs> um they uh outside of the magic box yeah because it's a set that exists i guess yeah, they, um, they needed a place for everybody to have like the last kind of farewell scene <laughs> and uh I guess what like they couldn't do the helicopter pickup in front of the Summers house in the neighborhood. Been a little so conspicuous. That, yeah, so we'll do so it in that, the town square yeah, instead. Yeah, I mean, at this point, everybody's run away from the bear. <laughs> bear. Yeah. Um, he tells her that she he has authorization to take the doctor out, um, but uh, she says no. She tells him she's like. Her, she's in a really shitty place uh, and it feels shitty to have her ex-boyfriend whose life is going great there to see it and she even says like did you just send this demon here when your life got to be absolutely perfect <laughs> yeah. but then like then Riley does have that this is like the scene that I really do like mm-hmm. with Riley in yeah, the episode and yeah it's he again he's not judgmental about Spike he says that um, you know life's a wheel um it's always turning sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down but it never changes who you are and he's like and you're still the first woman i love the strongest woman i know don't tell my wife but she's smoking hot yeah. too um and somewhere daenerys targaryen hears someone talking about a wheel and i'm just like break it. <laughs> um she uh xander um, and honestly, you know, that's that's really good advice, too. Oh, it is. It's excellent yeah, advice. It's, it's so easy to um, 
it's so easy to get caught up in like the negative well i'm just gonna say in your high moments it's so easy to just like think that oh yeah it's gonna be great like this forever and then like you can be completely blindsided by an event Mm -hmm. um or a choice uh that's negative and then like you know when when you're down you don't think anything's ever gonna go right yeah um so but yeah like deep down you're still that person that you are um Xander, Willow, Don, and Sam come out of the magic box. Once again, apparently Xander's just left Anya alone with his horrible relatives. Um, but they, you know, they say their goodbyes. Um, and uh, Willow, Willow, has, Willow has an email address for Sam. Yeah. She's worried to like, uh, oh, I hope they don't like track you or anything. Like, nope, it's secure. She's got, She's, we got it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Don... Like, this is the moment that she said that, uh, you know, at first she's like, oh, you're just going to leave again. And he's like, well, that, and Riley says, well, that depends. I mean, can I get a hug first? Yeah. It's and, cute. What? I said it's cute. Oh, I thought she said me too. I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Um, it, it's a nice little scene. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's definitely a better way to leave Riley off than, um, what was like up in the wood into, into the, the woods. woods yeah yeah um because like that we, we both we both mentioned how much we didn't like that episode yeah um and then uh and yeah like just a little more adoration from from sam to buffy and then they you know get the line and then they get pulled up by the helicopter which we all know isn't real nope um and uh they, and it, they blew their helicopter budget last season yeah and it's so great because they're like looking at uh like you know buffy's kind of like everybody else is looking up and like has smile on their faces and buffy's like still kind of down she's away from the group and then um you know, they start walking away, and as Will walks by, she says, what, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, Allison Hannigan couldn't save the attic line, but oh my god, 100% delivery on that line. Perfect. No notes. Perfect delivery. Uh, Puffy goes to the charred remains of Spike's script. Spike's crypt. Ooh, Christ. that's rough for you. It's hard to say. I've said it before. I don't know why I'm suddenly struggling uh, maybe we should just switch over to Lair. Um, his little hovel. Um, his hole in the ground. But she tells him, she's like, I don't give a shit about you being this egg dealer or whatever. Um, she's like, she tells him she has hot feelings for him, but she can't love him. She's just using him. It's not right. And she tells him it's over. And he not unreasonably is like yeah that's what you always say uh but she says uh she calls him william yeah that that line gets me she says i'm sorry william yeah and she walks out and and he's like i feel like this really good moment of her using his actual name yeah is kind of ruined by this really cheesy end shot of her walking, walking into, into the lights. lights. Yeah. Like, oh. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that... The way that Buffy delivers her lines in this episode, in this scene, makes you think that like, okay, this is... She's had 
probably several moments of clarity. But yeah, she's had a breakthrough. One, yeah, this she's had the breakthrough, and now she's like, I need to end this because Spike sure as hell isn't. Yeah, it's not good for her. It's not good for him. Yeah, she makes the right call, and yeah, that the moment where she calls him William is very like. Like she never calls him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one does. Um, uh, so and, you know that probably annoys Spike because probably the last person to call him William was um, like to his face was probably Cecily. Yeah, was he sired right after that? Well, I mean, that's like, uh, or you know, people were like making fun of him, saying like, "Oh, they call him William the Bloody because his yeah. poetry's so bloody awful." Um, but I mean, I think. I, it would I'd not rather su- have a railroad stake it, it, thrown it, through my head. It would not surprise me if, uh, if, like, one of the last things that Cecily said to him was, I'm sorry, William. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. so, yeah. R.I.P. Spike's heart. Um, so, yeah, that is As You Were. I think we came away. I, I was surprised that this had been such a long conversation. I thought we would... I didn't think we would have as much to say about this it's, one. It's actually... Well, I think we both went in thinking that it wasn't going to be great because, you know, of the Riley of it all. Yeah. But honestly, again, it's it's mixed. Um, I think the... Uh, I think that the scenes where... I think, like, the final scene with Riley, I think that um, certain things do work. Um, mm-hmm. They get to a point that they need to get to um, heading into this last part of the season. But the 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 whole black ops story is dull. Yeah. Um, the demon, while looking cool, like does not provide great combat scenes, uh, great fight scenes. Um, the the meat of the episode is in like the personal journeys that Buffy's taking, some of which seems a little overkill. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I I was I'm gonna be right in the middle on this one and go. Two and a half uh, eggs, two and a half demon eggs out of five. Yeah, I'm right there too. Two and a half uh, little spy cat suits out of five. Um, good stuff in here, uh, but yes, overkill in certain respects and some just some weird like, character decisions. More funny lines than I was expecting. Yes, very fun. Frequently a very funny episode. Kind of like maybe just a little bit of a of the early season five and season four where you had like. Where it, it mm-hmm. was before Buffy was as heavy as it has been yeah. since since everything that happened with Joyce. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we peace on out? Not for me. All right. Take us out. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 3, Episode 16, Sleep Tight. Yes. This one will be an episode. It's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamaj 357 And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And each week we like to give a shout out uh, to a noble cause that one should care about. Um, uh, This week, you know, check in with your friends who are maybe going through a rough time. See how they're doing. If you've got some money to throw to organizations that support people through depression, 
um, suicidal ideation, things like that. Um, throw a few bucks that way if you can. Yeah. All right. As always, go slay. And be gay.